Baker Mayfield is trying to get out of Cleveland. Poor thing. Poor Baker. We got another Deshaun Watson update on his ongoing saga off the field. Terry McLaurin signed a new deal, and Jimmy Garoppolo is feeling some heat for some former teammates. But welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Savid Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are NFL insiders with USA Today Sports and USA Today Sports Plus. Uh, Tyler, let's just kick it off immediately with our Deshaun Watson update of the week, our weekly segment on Deshaun Watson, because things are happening um, kind of at a frantic pace here. Uh, But this week, Deshaun Watson had a hearing with the NFL and before the NFL Players Association uh, jointly appointed disciplinary disciplinary officer, Sue L. Robinson. Um, The hearing started this week, and essentially it's all about whether or not Deshaun Watson will play next season. How many games he'll play next season? How many games the NFL should suspend him for? And uh, the ongoing fight with um, Watson and his legal team against, you know, more than 24 accusers uh, accusing him of sexual misconduct, misconduct, excuse me. Uh, Tyler, we've spoken about this at length many times in the last couple of weeks. Um, You and I are kind of on the same page where we believe and we kind of side with the NFL that Deshaun Watson should not play a game next season. Um, and he is opting or he is asking the NFL to not have any games to be suspended. So where do you see this kind of ending for Deshaun Watson in regards to the indefinite timeline that he could face off the field? Yeah, I've been hearing for several weeks that the NFL wants Deshaun Watson suspended for an entire year. Um, I definitely heard the word indefinitely the past uh, few days, if not few weeks. So I would not be surprised at all if we do not see Deshaun Watson in the 2022 season. And it's just now Jacoby Brissett is probably going to be the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback, uh, at least for this season. I know a lot of people have been talking about, oh, well, can, you know, fences be mended with Baker Mayfield? But what I'm hearing is that bridge has been burned. Baker Mayfield, he even said uh, his days with the Cleveland Browns are pretty much over. So now it's just a question of how long um, will Deshaun Watson be suspended and how do the Browns uh, move forward? Now, it would be very surprising to me (laughs) if we saw uh, Deshaun at any point during the regular season. So, you know, I know the NFLPA, they're backing him and they uh, do not want a suspension, um, you know, a, a year or longer. Definitely, they don't want that indefinite tag on there as well. Uh, so it's going to be um, intriguing to see, you know, their side of the story and um, how they push back on a year long suspension. But based on the amount of uh, things we've heard, coming in and out of the organization and now the NFL uh, from Deshaun Watson's side, from the NFL side, is looking like it's going to be at least a year-long suspension. So now it's just a question of how do the Browns move forward with Jacoby Brissett as their starting quarterback and what do they do with Baker Mayfield, which is probably going to end up being a trade, but they have lost a tremendous amount of leverage in that situation because everybody and their mother knows that they want to get rid of him. Yeah, Tyler. So in regards to Baker Mayfield, you know, there was a camp in Oklahoma where he was at and um, spoke to reporters and said, you know, you know, we're ready to move on, I think, on both sides. 
Um, and, you know, it's obviously we saw Baker Mayfield, you know, wear his feelings on his sleeve very much up until Deshaun Watson was actually acquired by the Browns from the Texans before he got that $230 million fully guaranteed contract. Um, but it's 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 a real, you know, he's a lame duck quarterback now, essentially. And I'm not sure why the Browns have held on to him so much. The value is not going up. Everybody in the world knows that the trade value is very, very low. Um, good luck getting a fifth round pick for Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, or anything of that like. And I'm sure the Browns would like more first, second, third. I'm not sure if Baker Mayfield has proven he's probably a day one or day two pick player. Uh, I mean, that's for other people to decide. Um, that's for the teams to decide if they want to trade a day two or day three pick. Um, but the trade value is incredibly low for Baker Mayfield. There's no leverage for the Browns in any situation like this. And you know, you, there's no way that the Browns can make amends with Baker Mayfield either. It's not fair to him. It's not fair to the organization. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's kind of like, a, you know, what Tua, Tua Tungavailoa went through the whole time. The Dolphins were in cahoots or trying to talk to the Texans for Deshaun Watson, too. Nobody wants to be a lame duck anything. Players, in the, in, you know, they, they barely want to play on their last year of a deal. They barely want to play on their franchise tag of a deal. You think he wants to spend his last year in Cleveland knowing that, you know, I can come out here, I can play, I can get hurt. And, oh, it doesn't matter what happens or what I do. It doesn't matter how much if I win. I could win a Super Bowl and Deshaun Watson's walking through the door tomorrow, and I'm not going to be here. <laughs> you, you are exactly right. Now, I think everybody does expect um, this situation to be resolved before training camp, at least on the Deshaun Watson side. The Baker Mayfield uh, situation might trickle into uh, in training camp and, you know, up until the start of the regular season. Um, one thing to note about, you know, Deshaun Watson is they if he is suspended, in fact, for a year, I do expect the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson to appeal that suspension. So this situation could drag on longer uh, to, you know, in, into training camp and even to the uh, regular season. But re in regards to uh, Baker Mayfield, I mean, man, <laughs> he went from the number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner to now. Not that many teams around the NFL really want his services, especially uh, for a starting quarterback. There's not a lot of starting quarterback jobs really out there available. And the two teams that really have question marks that starting quarterback are the ones we mentioned, the Seattle Seahawks and the Carolina Panthers. Other than that, he really doesn't have any other option if he wants to be a starter. Now, I do like a situation where maybe he can go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and sit behind Tom Brady for a year, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four. But <laughs> that way he can, you know, learn from the best and, you know, kind of sharpen his skills because Baker Mayfield, from what he has shown, he has a lot of work to do as a starting caliber top tier quarterback. Yes. He's probably a middle-of-the-road type quarterback, maybe tier two, tier three type of passer. But for that number one overall pick reputation that he has since he was one, he needs a lot of strides to get better because he is not a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback and not a quarterback you can have up under center and be like, we can win championships with this guy. And that's what you need in today's NFL. Well, even though you do need it in today's NFL, there's a lot of tier two, tier three quarterbacks getting starting jobs, right? And still starting and still trying their best to um, lead teams on the field every single Sunday. Baker Mayfield is no exception to that. Um, you know, maybe we all know what Baker Mayfield is and maybe other 
teams know what Baker Mayfield is already. You know, he's not a a star caliber. He's not going to be a future Hall of Famer. Uh, maybe he can win you a couple games. He's going to play through every injury he has. He'll give you it all, his all, which is what you love. Um, you know, I think, you know, Carolina and Seattle are obviously the two options. I think Seattle is probably the only big main option. But, you know, other teams already made their moves at quarterback, too, you know, and, and why would they kind of, you know, I guess out of out of competition's sake, maybe they would, you know, want to bring a guy in like, you know, Washington already has Carson Wentz and Tyler Heineke. Um, the Falcons have a rookie and, and and got Marcus Mariota, too. The Saints re-signed Jameis Winston and they have Taysom Hill. Um, you know, there's so many other teams out there that probably already have their first two quarterbacks. And it sucks because Cleveland is the team that doesn't have a number two quarterback behind Jacoby Brissett, too. Um, I wanted to mention one thing to Tyler in regards to Deshaun Watson and the suspension. Um, you know, we, we spoke last week about him getting 20 of the 24 lawsuits already settled out of court. Um, so there's four more lawsuits that need to be settled and at least one that may not be settled. Um, and I believe that's from Ashley Solis, the woman who, um, you know, first reported everything and, and got the ball rolling on everything against Deshaun Watson um, based on her experience with him. Um, the indefinite suspension part, the reason the NFL wants to make it indefinite is because obviously there's outstanding lawsuits that need to be settled or, you know, a resolution needs to come with those. Um and we don't know when that process is going to, you know, take shape or, or, or end, honestly, after these first 20 were done. I also want to say, you know, we, we spoke about this a little last week, too, Tyler, and it's so hard to kind of really judge all these suspensions and, and, and that, you know, Cadell and the NFL hand down the players over the years where you talk about, you know, guys like Ray Rice or, um, you know, Adrian Peterson or, or anybody like this. You know, we have two players alone next year that have suspensions, right? We have DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to serve a six game suspension for PD usage. And we have Calvin Ridley from the Falcons, who's going to not even play at all because he made a parlay bet um, of, of, you know, smaller proportions than, than maybe warrant a full year suspension. And so, you know, it's really hard to really, you know, there's apples, oranges, and bananas, right? And they're not all easily comparable. And why you give this guy six games, why you give this guy a year, should the guy that got a year of Calvin really get less because you're going to give Deshaun Watson a year for, you know, all the things that he has allegedly done off the field. Um, you know, there's all, all of this is just, it's so hard to really maximize this. And this is where the NFL gets itself in trouble trying to um, police its players in this way. And I, I do want to go back to Baker Mayfield one more time, because I did leave one team out that I have no idea why they not, they are not pursuing it. Hold and on, let me is, guess him. Let me guess him. Let me guess him. Hold on. Is it in the AFC or is it in the NFC title? Let's play this game for a second. Okay, let's okay. It is in the AFC. In the AFC team looking mm -hmm. for a quarterback. You better not say Miami. I would hate it if you said Miami. <laughs> I would be the troll of the century if I said mm. Miami. Is that your guess? No. no tongue no, no. Vailoa. So you say tongue <clears> first. <throat> oh Vailoa. Is that your guess? That's the lefty god. No, that's not my guess. Um, I'm thinking AFC South, Houston Texans, maybe. Uh, they got David Mills. Maybe, maybe Houston Texans could be. Um, AFC West. That's loaded. I don't think there's any more room over there for him. Um, AFC North, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that what you're talking about? I gotta, is I gotta your, hear this is, out now. Is that your final guess? I'm gonna say Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Okay. Well, you were almost correct. You should have went with your second instinct, which is the Houston <laughs> Texans. I mean, Davis Mills, did he sh- show enough last season to be a starting quarterback that they, you could build they believe so. they believe your franchise so. around? I mean, they believe so. I, I don't believe so. Baker Mayfield, he is from Texas. He can play for the Houston Texans, be kind of a homecoming for him, or at least give Davis Mills some competition to push him. And let's see who the best quarterback is. May the best man win. I do think the Houston Texans should consider trading for Baker Mayfield. I think he'll be a good fit in Houston. And give that franchise a spark because, I mean, that stadium, that nice stadium is empty most of the time. And there's not any star caliber player that you really want to go see for the Houston Texans. Now, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is a star caliber player, but people, some people do go to see Baker Mayfield, and the Houston Texans do not have anybody because J.J. Watt is out that door. DeAndre Hopkins is out that door. Deshaun Watson is out that door. Man, even James Harden walked out the door for the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Russell Westbrook walked out to everybody. John everybody. Wall, John Wall, Houston, John Wall just left. Houston, we have a problem. Everybody has left Houston, Texas. Tyler, one of my favorite parts of this offseason have been all these guys getting paid. We talk about so many players from Devontae Adams to Tyreek Hill to even Christian Kirk. Shout out to Christian Kirk getting that bag this offseason. But another star receiver landed an extension this week, and that is Washington Commanders star wideout Terry McLaurin. He just signed a three-year extension that will pay him another $71 million. Um, Great deal, but for a great player, honestly, uh, an Ohio State product, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons despite catching footballs from all those guys in Washington. Um, A great deal for a great young player, and we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, Tyler. He was in that category with guys like DK Metcalf in Seattle, Debo Samuel in San Fran, Receivers looking to cash in, looking to make the most out of their opportunities to sign an extension while still on their rookie contracts. Um, you know, what do you think this McLaurin deal means for Washington moving forward? This has been the offseason of wide receivers getting that bag. What it's been like eight receivers uh, making 20 uh, plus million a year since January. That, I mean, receivers are getting paid this offseason good for them because it's a pass catching league now it's a pass happy league uh, for the Washington Commanders finally some good news coming out of that organization because it's been an offseason full of negativity uh, think, primarily because of you know their owner and their defensive coordinator but we won't talk about that negative news. I want to make producer Emily smile because that is her favorite team. In true reporter uh, ethics, I do not have a favorite team in the NFL. Ooh. I did grow up. I did Ooh. grow up supporting the team, and even but long before I was professional, I think that my fandom of that team was wavering. I wasn't there to see the glory of the eighties and the nine and some of the nineties. Um, and since the current owner, who is under you know, scrutiny, and we don't even need to say his name on this podcast um, has taken over. I mean, there has been more quarterbacks than years that 
the owner has been in charge of the team. There's been a carousel of coaches and none of them have done much. I mean, you, you bring in a new quarterback this year as well in Carson Wentz. And do, it does, is that promising? Not necessarily. I mean, that is a Band-Aid that doesn't even fully cover the hole that is that is the Washington Commanders team. And so I do think it's great to see someone like Terry McLaurin get paid. He's a very talented wide receiver. He is now up there with bonuses like DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hills, Julio Jones. And you mentioned, you know, everyone's getting paid this offseason. I think from a talent standpoint only, he's kind of, it's kind of like, yeah, I want to see talented players get compensated for being talented, but I don't know if there's going to be success there because, uh, the, he, you know, he's going to be the key target on a, a depleted receiving core, and he's most likely going to not even spend the whole season receiving passes from Carson Wentz, which can be very inconsistent at best. But again, I'm, I would would not be shocked if Carson Wentz isn't the one throwing passes at the end of the season either, just from history and statistics sake. And that, and that, and that, Tyler, and that has been railing against the Washington football team. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was just the ultimate mic drop. You can hear producers Emily's disdain of the Washington commanders during that long soliloquy that lasted like five minutes. I thought I I was hearing a state of the union speech. So I was. (laughs) It's facts. facts. It, it, It might have been the best part of the podcast. Right. I think it was the best part. I think it was the best part. You know, we just started. We just started the podcast. It might have been the best part of the podcast. How do we live up to this, Producer Emily, moving forward? It's going to be tough to top. It's going to be tough to top. To me, it just sounds like you're trying to leave work early. (laughs) (laughs) There is plenty of ways to top the the Washington Commanders, I promise. You you did it very eloquently. Thank you very much, Producer Emily. Um, Yes, Tyler, I honestly agree. Um, You know, mostly with producer Emily and I really think this McLaurin deal is a product of yo everything's not working off the field guys let's put something good news on the field let's give this guy a bunch of money let's let's reignite our fan base uh let's let everybody know everything's okay I think it's definitely a good diversion tactic too but hey Terry McLaurin cashed in and deservedly so I mean he's one of the better receivers in the National Football League like you said a back-to-back thousand yard receiver probably the best uh i would say he might be the best receiver in the nfc east in the nfc he might be the best receiver in the nfc east i mean i know you got aj brown amari cooper's gun cd lamb Mm. i mean i think you Probably have to put him as yeah, the best I'll put, receiver. Yeah, I'll put him above CD for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. thousand yard season. I'll put him I above think CD. CD I would have CD number three. I think AJ Brown is number two. <clears throat> well, he's got to prove it in that division now. Yeah, he, he does. But going into the season, I would have AJ Brown number two, CD Lamb probably number three. Oh, wait till the Cowboys hear that, Tyler. Wait till hey, the Cowboys hear. I just got to keep it honest. Prove me wrong, CD. Prove mm-hmm. me wrong, CD. McLaurin, uh, you know, who's entering the final year of his deal, like I said, he's going to make $71 million with this extension, only 26 years old, um, and he surely will show up to camp when training camp starts next, next yes. month because he's got paid. So, Tyler, now that McLaurin is signed, where do you think that puts DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel? I 
think that Debo Samuel and the San Francisco 49ers will be able to hammer out an extension. The optimistic side of me thinks it will happen before his training camp, but I know that those two sides, that it's a better situation than it was before. Um, the fact that he showed up to mandatory minicamp also indicates that. And I know people on Debo Samuel's camp that want him uh, to stay in San Francisco because they believe that is the best situation for him. Um, they feel like they use him properly, although they may be concerned about the usage rate, but they feel like, you know, his ability as, you know, a running back and a receiver, the 49ers do uh, utilize uh, his best skills uh, and at the correct in the correct way. Um, as far as DK Metcalf, I mean, we, we've said it before. I mean, I think he has a lot of leverage based on the fact who, who else do the Seattle Seahawks have? I mean, with all due respect to Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> they don't, they have, I mean, the talent in Seattle, stop it. You want to try out for the team? I mean, you might we be might able to make it. it. I might well, make yeah, it. Yeah, you might make it. <laughs> we, we, they might need some guys off the street because the Seattle are, Seahawks, man, they, they're the, by far the worst team in the NFC West. So they need DK Metcalf on that team. Me, you, our boy, Michael Sean Dugar, he could, he could definitely jump on, you know, probably play corner or something too, man. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, shout out to Michael Sean, a, a Seahawks writer for the athletic. Um, Tyler, when I look at Seattle specifically, I, I'm, just, just sell it all, rebuild it all, trade DK Metcalf, try to get something back for Jamal Adams. I mean, I, there's going to be a point in the season. I don't, you know, there's obviously you don't do these kind of things if you're the Seahawks franchise. You don't want to signal the rebuild out loud to everybody, mm -hmm. um, especially your fan base. Um, but I mean, you really did do so when you traded away Russell Wilson and then you didn't resign Bobby Wagner. Those are two guys that were drafted on the same weekend together. Um, and and were the the test of time, you know, for most of Seattle's run during the past ten years. But if I'm if I'm the Seahawks, I, I I trade DK Metcalf. I try to get as many picks as possible for DK Metcalf, and I do the same with Jamal Adams. You might not get the same amount of picks that you traded for to get him from the Jets, but um, somebody else will pay him, and those are a couple more picks. Just go total rebuild, get picks for the next two three years. And start all over. You're going to have to find another quarterback. This might be the year that you're going to tank like that. But I think you get rid of DK earlier in the season. And then Jamal Adams, you trade him at some point to a contender. Um, that's the way that Seattle breaks this roster down and really rebuilds for me. If they blow the whole thing up in Seattle the way that you are describing, um, the Starbucks in Seattle will have more people <laughs> in their establishments than what will what we'll see at the stadium in Seattle. There will be nobody at That's those fine. games. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Sometimes you really re you got to rebuild to bring it back up, man. Some teams do it really well. I mean, look, when you have a player like Russell Wilson come through your franchise and defense that came through your franchise those years when they made it to the Super Bowl, um, you know, and they and they won one. You know, it's 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 a it's a testament to the amount of players that you had. It's a testament to coaching. But that time is over. And you got to refine that time. And, and this is another step in a 
life of an NFL franchise, Tyler. But you need some talent to compete. I mean, you want to have a, some type of product out in the field. You don't want a JV team playing NFL football. I mean, That's the 12th man is going to turn into the zero man. you gotta have somebody on the field with some talent (laughs) i agree i agree trust me rebuilding is hard but i mean when you you got to go through the growing pains and get those new players and stuff and seattle has value with those two guys and maybe even terry lockett too you know tyler lockett excuse me you trade tyler lockett to contender trade him to the packers packers are sending some pace for him you know so yeah there's there's a lot of value and there's a lot of new players that can come through seattle on rookie deals Maybe you sign a free agent or two along the way with your rebuild, but you lost Russell Wilson. I mean, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback there. Geno Smith? Is it Geno Smith? Um, is yeah. it going to be Baker Mayfield? Is it going to be Baker Mayfield? You know, think about how how soon you're going to rebuild. And shoot, if you get Baker Mayfield, I trade DK and and, and get and, and Jamal Adams to start that rebuild right away too, man. Well, right now they have uh, Geno Smith and Drew Locke battling it out in a quarterback competition. Yeah, that already I'm sounds sure like that, a rebuild uh, to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure that brings a lot of fear to their opponents, uh, Drew Locke and Geno, the Geno Coaster. So, I mean, whew, it's not looking good in Seattle. And it's- you, that's the other three teams have, what, Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks, all Pro mm-hmm. Bowl level quarterbacks, yeah. and arguably, I mean, these are three playoff teams. Yeah. 49ers went to NFC Championship game last year. We all know what the Rams did win the Super Bowl. The Cardinals, yes, they flamed out, but they went to the playoffs. So you have three playoff teams in that division, and yeah. then you have <laughs> and if I'm the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks in the basement. And if I'm Seattle. I'm letting these three teams duke it out for however long they duke it out. But by the time those three teams are done, I'll be the last one standing in the NFC West. It's my division to own. So you want to play the long game? I'll play the long game. I mean, look, they played a really long game already with Russell Wilson. Got to two Super Super Bowls, won one. um, You know, and we're one of the most, you know, we're a playoff team consistently. And now they're not going to be that. Tear Mm -hmm. it down, rebuild it all back up. It's the life of a franchise. Oof. I feel if that does indeed happen, which I'm not predicting it will, but I feel sorry for those fans in Seattle. I do think the Seahawks want to keep DK Metcalf. I get what you're saying, and it does make sense, but I do believe that the Seahawks, they believe that DK Metcalf is like their franchise piece that they want to build around an offense. They just want to get a quarterback in there, and they don't believe that the quarterback is in the building. And I do believe that they have their eyes on the draft next year because it's a quarterback-heavy draft. You so know what's they have the their best eyes way? On the future. You know what's the best way to eye towards the future, Tyler? Make you, trades and trade DK Metcalf. They're not uh, getting yeah, a first-round pick for DK. I'm glad you said that word, Tank, because I'm not. I'm not saying that word, Tank. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that word. I'm, I'm glad you said it in a more eloquent way than I said it, Tank. <clears throat> <Man>. <laughs> We shall see. Hey, we shall see. Uh, Debo Samuel, too, man. I wanted to just do a quick note on that. I think, you know, 49ers need to resign him. And uh, obviously, you got to keep Kittle under contract, too. They got to resign Nick Bosa at some point. Um, A lot of money is going to be flying around. And their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tyler, just got under some heat by some former teammates. Um, Recently, Julian Edelman, the former star Patriots receiver, was on the I Am Athlete podcast. Uh, shout out to Brandon Marshall, Chad Ochocinco, all those guys, Pac-Man Jones, 
Shady McCoy. They've taken over the I Am Athlete podcast. But Julian Edelman was there and backing up criticism made by former tight end Martellus Bennett of Jimmy Garoppolo missing starts in 2016. Um, so essentially, both guys were injured. Tom Brady was dealing with a four-game suspension for Deflategate. Garoppolo was starting for the first time in his NFL. Two games into the season, though, he suffered an injury to his non-throwing shoulder. So Jacoby Brissett, the other Patriots backup, took over starting uh, duties, but he tore a ligament in his thumb. Um, Week four comes around, and Garoppolo was slated to start again, but the morning of the game, he decided not to play because of an injury to his non-throwing shoulder. And Brissett had to play, even though he tore ligaments in his thumb. Um, And still, Martellus Bennett, Popped off on Garoppolo last year, and Julian Edelman was asked about the comments, and here's what Julian Edelman said. Quote, I mean, I don't know. We're all football players here. So we go into week four, and Jimmy was practicing and then decided not to play. Jacoby played with no ligaments in his thumb, which you can't do as a quarterback. A lot of guys got mad at it. I'm not going to lie. I got mad at it. I sacrificed my body all day long. I was taking shots for this, numbing up that, ribs, broken ribs, shoulders, Grade three, hanging on by limbs just to play. I can understand why Marty thinks like that. And essentially, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo just got the flame, man. He, not only did he get flamed by Martellus Bennett, I mean, Julian Edelman reinforced it too. And I guess, what do you think Jimmy Garoppolo has to do, I guess, about this reputation moving forward? Well, if I was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I would call Julian Edelman and we, we would have beef. <laughs> no, I might not call Bennett because I'm sure Bennett might <laughs> do something. I'm not trying to have beef with Julian Edelman either, no, Tyler. No, 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 if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Jimmy Garoppolo could take Julian Edelman. I mean, what you're kicking a man while he's down, first of all. I mean, he just got demoted. The 49ers don't want him anymore. They're going to move forward with Trey Lance. The coach has gone out and said that it's Trey Lance's job and they're <laughs> trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, put it almost as bluntly as that. And now you're trying to, you know, damage this guy's reputation uh, when, you know, he's trying to eventually get traded and find another starting uh, quarterback job. But, I mean, those, you know, questions and those, you know, issues that they raise are valid and those concerns because, you know, all NFL players, they are all battling various injuries throughout the course of the NFL season. Now it's just a question of how well you can, you know, play when you're enduring that much pain and, you know, you have those nagging injuries. And for Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, sometimes players' pain threshold is not as high as other players. And sometimes you can't fault them for that. If he felt as though his shoulder was too bad to play, then, I mean, that's that's the nature of the business sometimes, and that's an athlete's decision that they have to make and for their career to be as long as they want it to be. Sometimes you have to make those tough decisions. Yes, maybe your teammates don't agree because those are the guys that you're going to battle with week in and week out, but those are those tough decisions that you have to make with your family, maybe your agent, and with the coaches. So it's hard for me to fault somebody for not playing in an NFL game because they said they were too injured. If indeed, in fact, they were too injured because they know their body. Julian Edelman does not know Jimmy Garoppolo's body better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Neither does Martellus Bennett. So 
I, I it's hard for me to, you know, follow Jimmy Garoppolo for not playing. So I'm I'm not saying I'm on Jimmy Garoppolo's side, but for athletes, it's a delicate situation and a fine line between playing while you're hurt and being detrimental to your team than uh, not playing because you feel as though you you don't want to tarnish and ruin your career and have this injury be prolonged and long than it really needs to be. So and for Jimmy Garoppolo's sake, I do kind of wish that Julian Edelman kept his comments to himself and maybe brought it up, them up to Jimmy Garoppolo to his face and be like, yo, I don't like this. I mean, that's what a man is supposed to do. I'm if sure you have a problem, <laughs> go to him as a man instead of going on a podcast and airing out dirty laundry. That's just well, my opinion. I think, you know, well, first he was asked about it on the podcast. And, you know, I guess he just, you know, obliged and answered the question. And trust me, if they had feelings about this, Martellus Bennett and Julian Edelman, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they shared it with Jimmy Garoppolo in that locker room in 2016. It had to happen. Right. You know, these guys are sharing their feelings with each other or they're going to let each other know how they feel about the situation where I'm going out there with my separated shoulder and you're not going out there with your separated shoulder. Um, and obviously it, it is to each their own. You know, every player is different. You know, everybody doesn't have the mental fortitude of a player like Julian Edelman or, or Martellus Bennett to play injured. Um, you know, NFL players are lauded for it. And at the same time, too, we we also you know, applaud players for, you know, knowing their bodies and making the right choices about themselves too. But there's something to be said for this. And I think what I'm going to say is that, you know, the players, at the end of the day, you're a team, you're riding together. If, if a player feels like you're not going to give your all, like I'm giving my all, then A, why are you a part of the team? Or B, I can't depend on you the way I need to depend on you um, and the way I think my teammates need to depend on me the same way. Um, when you don't have that kind of trust in your teammates, it makes you hard. It makes it harder to move forward, and it makes harder, you know, that little inch that that it gives teams the edge in certain games and things like that. If I know you're not, if you're not going to bring it, if I know you're going to mess up, if I can't depend on you the same way, I don't want you on my team. Um, and I think that's where players kind of draw the line on each other in locker rooms. And this is one of those locker room dynamic things that we hear later on in, in life, or you know, far away from the season, or. We don't hear during the season because it's distractions or drama against the team and the team doesn't want any of that. So let me ask you this question. If you had an injured shoulder and you could not lift it past, you know, this high, would you go out and play NFL game regardless of the position? Tyler, if I hurt my shoulder and I can't lift it up, I'm not even doing this podcast. (laughs) All right. So if I got to question your toughness then. Exactly. And so how do you feel about that? If I got a shoulder injury and all I have to do is talk, Tyler, all I have to do is talk. I don't really have to lift my shoulder, but I'm not going to do the podcast because I'm in pain and I don't want to exert any energy. I need to focus on healing. I need to be a, the best version of myself so I can come through in the podcast. Would you judge me for that, Tyler? Um, I would not judge you because... Again, everybody's pain tolerance is different. And I would not uh, go on another podcast or in the radio and be like, you know what my co-host Soffit did one time during this <laughs> football podcast? He did not show up because of his injured shoulder. Well, I appreciate I that. don't think he's tough at all. He's a baby. <laughs> I, I would not. I wouldn't I would, I would do that. You wouldn't say all of that. No, 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 no. I, no. I, I wouldn't say. I, mean, I might think it. 
Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but I wouldn't say it. Keep it behind closed doors, right? And this yeah, is what keep the... it behind closed doors. This is and then the... I would call you and be like, stop it. Now you know damn well. You can come on the podcast with the injured shoulder. If I come on the podcast uh-huh. early in the morning, I wake up on Pacific time with my coffee. I'm tired. Two cups I of got, coffee. I got sleep in my eyes and everything. And I wake up every day. Uh-huh. You can do it with an injured shoulder. That's what, what I would tell you as a man on the phone behind closed doors and mm-hmm. not air out our dirty laundry. You know, the that's thing just is, what I did. The thing is, too, I really I, they, I, I'm pretty sure these guys sold Jimmy Garoppolo all this in person. I hope so. And I, and I think it got repeated out in public because they were thought they already had that conversation. I, I hope so, because if they didn't and if it was me, they'll catch my fade. <laughs> <laughs> these, these podcasts and the players, you know, we've seen Draymond Green just come off a finals run and he's out here, um, you know, boasting about the new media, the new media players taking on media and taking their platforms on and and giving fans, you know, what they want to hear. Real, real inside access from the players themselves. Um, you know, we have so many podcasts out there, um, you know, other sports are doing so many different things, whether it's YouTube or, you know, your audience on Instagram and things like that. You know, Tyler, what do you make of this? What do you think of this, you know, new media movement? I personally love it and I would love to see more and I can't get enough of it. But I think there's a line, too, where these guys are out here, you know, challenging Stephen A and, and Skip Bayless all the time. And that's really entertaining, too. So. Are, are we new media stop it? I mean, we've had Matthew Judon in our podcast. We've had athletes in our podcast. Can I, had, could I still be considered an athlete? We I had mean, athlete. Play, you we play had, at. We had athlete. You, oh, okay. I mean, that's fine. We, Can we I still athlete. be considered an athlete? I mean, you play with basketball, LA fitness. You got some athlete in you. You say you have a three point shot. I mean, I don't know. I, there's no proof behind this. All right, Tyler, are you but done? Are you done? Are you done questioning my <laughs> basketball prowess? One day I'm going to show you, but from now on, my shoulders hurt, and I'm not sure if I'm, I can continue this podcast. Yeah, um, I'm done for now questioning uh, your basketball skills. I, I don't know if you have any yet, uh, but I'm waiting for you to prove me wrong. I'm going to pull up some video, some video before that even got up on YouTube. I'll send it your way. I'll send oh, it. Oh, you got YouTube video. Do you run up and down the court, too, you just shoot? Before, three-point line and three-point line. That's where oh, I'm okay. running. Uh, That's okay. where I'm running. I stay outside. You don't want me in the paint, Tyler. I would boss you out. <laughs> Lord. Somebody get soppit. Producer Emily, please get soppit. Please. We want to keep it light, keep it fun as we continue through the um, off season and really cover some of the topics that I think are most important, but we don't always have time for during the heat of the season. I know that Tyler was just mentioning getting training camp notifications. So it's right around the corner. So I think this is a perfect time to make sure we make time to talk about one of the most important aspects of any game day experience. And obviously that's the food. I did some digging and a lot of this data just for transparency comes from 2018. So don't go to a stadium and try to order this and tell me it's not there and it's my fault. (laughs) I'm letting you know this was at one time there. Some of these I hope are still there and some I hope never saw the light of day again. So let's go through some of these food and I would love to uh, have you guys put your food critic hats on and Mm. let me know what you think of these stadium eats. 
So we talked a little bit about San Francisco 49ers. We talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo Samuel. But let's talk about the Dungeness Crab Pretzel that they offer at their stadium. The Dungeness Crab Pretzel includes knuckle and claw crab meat mixed with a garlic aioli, Dijon much mustard, chives, and a butter toasted pretzel baguette. Are you guys seafood fans? What, what do we think about this? Definitely a seafood fan. And I do have to say this. Usually if a stadium has good food for fans, odds are they have good press box food too. And Levi Stadium, hands down, the best press box food in the NFL. Yes. Wow. Hands down. I have Levi Stadium number one, followed by Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> I don't remember my meal in San Fran being as memorable as you're as you're gloating about here, Tyler. But Dungeon Dungeon Crab Pretzel—that sounds amazing. Okay, I, I don't even care about the pretzel part. Just give me the crab stuff, man. San Fran, a lot of seafood out there. Really great place for oysters, crabs. Um, I would love to try it. I would definitely try it during a game. I don't know how we'll do with the beer and stuff if I'm a fan, but I mean, teach your own, man. When in San Francisco, get seafood. Fair enough. Let's go. Let's cross the country. And I'm going to keep this one in here. I want to talk about the fried peanut butter and jelly offered by the Buffalo Bills. I'm thinking about some of those colder games, those cold days. When you need something that's a little bit warmer, but you can't go wrong with a fried peanut butter and jelly. It's a hand-dipped crustless peanut butter sandwich served on a stick with powdered sugar. So, it's not quite your uh, staple lunch meal, but definitely a nice dessert to have on those cold buffalo days. Tyler, I think you might be against this. I I am against it. Number one, I I'm not really what. Tyler's not a fried food type. I don't I'm think not, you're a fried food type. Oh no no no! I'll throw down some fried chicken. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to surprise you too. Um, I'm not a huge fan of peanut butter and jelly. I mm. do like peanut butter and honey but not peanut butter and jelly so and then fry nah i I can't do it now fry me some fish fry me some chicken well yes this is the point point of this tyler we're trying to open your taste buds we're trying to open your horizon do you eat fried oreos i mean this is an important question what about fried oreos that face no you've never had a fried oreo tyler if first first of all first of all if all fried food is bad for you but if I am going to... No one cares if it's... You're not eating it because you're going to get fit. You're eating it because life is for living, yeah. Tyler. I know, but if I'm going to uh, kill my insides and eat unhealthy, at least I'm going to eat unhealthy good food, which is fried catfish or fried chicken. Yeah, but you, you don't you don't know you don't know what's, what's good for you, Tyler, if no. you've never had a fried Oreo. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. I don't want sweet. You like donuts? You like donuts? Donuts are fried. Do you like those? I eat donuts on occasion, but rarely. Yeah. You just, you got to open your horizons, Tyler. I would definitely try fried peanut butter and jelly. I would, I mean, I've had peanut butter and jelly on a burger before and it was outstanding. So are you kidding me? You just ruined your hamburger with peanut butter and jelly. Oh, not ruined my friend. It enhanced it. it Uh, That one's a little weird. That one's a little weird. Emily, life Peanut is for living. Peanut butter and jelly on a burger? Life is for living, Emily. You got to try it. You got to try it. Mm. 
All right. Well, let's move on because apparently Tyler doesn't eat any dessert fried food, which is crazy to me. But you also haven't tried it, so I'm not going to let you pass judgment on that. Let's talk about one other dessert here. Let's go with the dessert nachos in Detroit. So these, sorry, Tyler, these are fried tortilla chips, which are delicious. If you don't think tortilla chips should be fried, then you don't know they how are, to eat tortilla chips. They are chips. all fried. They're all fried. I like tortilla there. chips. So fried tortilla chips dusted with cinnamon and sugar topped with smoked chocolate cherry Nutella sauce, chocolate covered Michigan cherries, sprinkles, and whipped cream. What do we think about the Detroit dessert nachos when you're watching those Lions games? I mean, you need something sweet because you're not getting nothing sweet on the field in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> you're, getting a whole bunch of, you're getting a whole bunch of losers, so oh, you need something. You need something to Oh, Tyler, why why did the Detroit Lions get astray from you, man? That was unfair. That was unfair. And I laughed because I enjoyed it. It was a good one. It was a good one. Would I try this? I don't know. I, I'll try anything once. I mean, it's just chips, chips with cinnamon and sugar instead of salsa or guacamole. Sounds a lot better. All right, I don't think that one's too crazy. I want to go to one that I thought was a little bit more crazy, and it's the Battle Red Tacos in Houston, Texas. So this is one of two places that I looked up. Now, there might be more that incorporate the Flaming Hot Cheetos within a meal. The other one that I didn't include on this list because we do not need to talk about the Flaming Hot Cheetos sushi roll that's offered at the Carolina Panthers. I would try that. I want to talk about, oh, I want to talk about the Battle Red ta- Tacos at Houston, Texas stadium so those are flaming hot cheetos crusted chicken tenders with mango pico de gallo sriracha mayonnaise served on flour tortillas it's not necessarily well the chicken tenders are fried but it's not straight up fried and there's got that mango pico de gallo so is this is there enough health in this for you tyler that's right up your alley tyler. see i i don't eat all healthy food but i prefer healthy food now i will kill that because i meant fried chicken again i will kill some fried chicken or fried catfish those are my two i stay in my wheelhouse that sounds amazing that's probably the best thing that we've said thus far besides the crab in san francisco but yes fried chicken yes yeah, I'll try everything once. I'm not a too I'm not too big of a flaming hot Cheetos, flaming hot chips guy, but yeah, uh, you know, I'll try it once. Cheetos are they're repulsive. Don't put flaming hot Cheetos on anything. I am skipping that one for sure. The last one that I want to highlight, and I'll let you guys let me know if I miss any ones of your favorites, but I want to talk about the Gridiron Burger Challenge in Arizona. I know it's kind of close to you out there, Tyler. So this is a $75 challenge. Now, I haven't checked to double checked if it's coming back next season, but it includes a five three-pound burger patties, five hot dogs, five bratwurst, 20 slices of American cheese, which we already know that Tyler's out on cheese, eight slices of bacon, eight chicken tenders, 12 ounces of fries, along with lettuce, tomato, pickles, and tanker sauce between 10-inch buns. Uh, That, if you finish it, you get your, I believe, a jersey, you get recognized on the video board, and all you have to do is pay $75 and whatever medical fees come out. That just sounds like clog arteries and a heart attack waiting to happen. The only silver lining with that is once you get out the stadium, it's hot as hell in Arizona, so you might be able to burn some of those calories off, but, man, you might have to be uh, wheeled out on a stretcher. That sounds like something you might not have to leave the stadium for. You're going to have to look for the nearest restroom right away. 
if you become one of the fans that ate it in an hour, you get recognized on the video board. I mean, I guess it's a special type of person, but I don't know if I'd want my picture up on the video board. I mean, do they take it right after? Is this a like? Is this a after sandwich video picture? <laughs> take the picture before. <laughs> take the picture before I eat this. All right, there has to be that's before and after. There has to be before and after pictures. Um, and when I get recognized, just please, please, whatever you do, just make sure I'm not in the restroom at that time. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. We are going on so strong during the offseason, but don't worry. In a month from now, it'll be training camp, and we'll have plenty of more news and updates. We appreciate you guys listening, and if you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and in your Google Play. Remember, guys, here at USA Today Sports and USA Today Sports Plus, we want you to fan harder with us. Thanks for listening. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder.